Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good. From scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled, Our Battle is Not Against Flesh and Blood. I have to admit, I do not have a military mentality. While I was married to a veteran for 18 years and learned a lot about the Vietnam War, methods of warfare, and post-traumatic stress disorder, I had never known or been close to anyone who was either active duty military or serving during wartime. So the whole idea of combat was foreign to me in so many ways. Imagine my surprise when I learned that when I surrendered my life to Christ, I entered into a spiritual battle as part of God's army. Paul in his second letter to Timothy referred to him as a soldier of Christ. In the book of Ephesians, Paul refers to our struggle, fight, or battle not being against flesh and blood, where he also described the armor of God, our weapons of warfare. So how do I wrap my civilian head around a military mentality? Well, I have to tell you, my journey down this road to learn what it means to be a good soldier of Christ took lots of twists and turns, but finally found a way to truth and an understanding of our responsibility in this battle that we find ourselves in. So thank you for joining me as we unpack these concepts and the challenge God sets before us. So I actually filmed the introduction to this week's broadcast in my little corner of the couch where I generally have my quiet time right by the fireplace and actively seek what God wants to teach me each day through his word. So, hey, take a moment and write a review on Apple so even more folks can actually find this podcast 
and be encouraged. Or you may even know someone who needs to hear this message, so please share the link with others. You may even want to visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of the podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. So type into your browser redeemedandrestored.tv and you'll find the video broadcast there. So hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. I'm coming to you again this week with thoughts on truth, the Christian life, and God's incredible faithfulness. The title of today's episode is Our Battle is Not Against Flesh and Blood. This last weekend, I stood before 280 plus women and shared my story of being unworthy, redeemed, vulnerable, and then restored. I had to keep each of the four segments down to 10 minutes. Woo! And trying to determine what to keep in and what could be left out was a challenge. I recounted the discovery that the Lord spotlighted for us while involved in Point Man Ministries. And the adrenaline and triggers, our wounds becoming idols because we didn't allow God in to enter into that pain and bring healing. I've always called that a heavy revy because it gave us spiritual insight to a common area of brokenness in the women that we ministered to, which included the three of us wives. Suddenly, as I reviewed what I was going to share on Saturday night with these women at the retreat, I remembered a second discovery we'd made in the ministry right around the same time. Since I hadn't known any Vietnam veterans before I married Chuck, I had definite civilian mentality and complete lack of understanding of the conflict between the United States and the Viet Cong. As I sat before these men, I asked, so explain to me the difference between guerrilla warfare and conventional warfare. How different could they be? I did not understand. The group of vets sat in a circle as I peppered them with questions. I prodded them, trying to understand what I knew very little about. Ray spoke up first. He said in World War I and World War II, the soldiers would line up in full view with their weapons pointed at their enemy, and they would march forward into battle. There was never any question who the enemy was and what they were doing. They were completely out in the open. But with the Viet Cong, their movements were camouflaged and hidden as snipers perched in the treetops of the jungle, aiming at the point men who were the one soldier who would be leading that troop of soldiers making their way through the jungle. Our men were looking around them and ahead of them. So when the shots were fired from above, it would completely take them by surprise. He continued, when you have no idea where the enemy is, but death and destruction is waged on you and you watch your buddies get blown up by a booby trap or a landmine hidden in the brush or by that sniper in the tree, it messes with your mind. The Viet Cong would even strap an explosive device onto a two or three year old child and send it into the middle of a group of soldiers. 
As they bent down to engage or offer candy, the bomb was detonated and more carnage ensued. Another vet added, this kind of battle is steeped in psychological warfare. You never know where your enemy is. And there's all sorts of deception, sabotage, and mind games used to make you feel like what you're doing is a total waste, the lives lost in vain. You end up discouraged, hopeless, disillusioned, worn out, and questioning whether what you're doing is a total waste of time and human life. A conversation between these vets sprung out. Jane Fonda was a great example of our enemy's government using a well-known American figure to side with our enemy and declare that our involvement in the conflict was unethical. Mentally and emotionally, our men were manipulated into wrong conclusions and it completely destroyed morale. Then the most eye-opening guerrilla warfare tactic used by the Viet Cong was explained to me as cutting the pie. This would be where our soldiers created a perimeter around their camp for the night watch. They would dig holes at specific intervals and then each one would man his hole for the night, facing out into the dark jungle, listening and waiting for enemy movement. Typically, sometime during the night, Charlie, as they called the Viet Cong, would probe the perimeter. One of the enemy soldiers would quietly sneak inside that invisible line of protection, make some noise, and then slip out into the night. Alarmed by the intrusion, the soldier on the right would aim his weapon at the noise to his left. And the soldier on the left would aim his weapon at the noise on the right. Both would fire in an attempt to eliminate the threat. The only problem is they ended up shooting each other because the enemy had already moved out and was nowhere to be found or stopped. Think about this for just a moment. Have you ever had a Sunday morning turn turbulent between you and your spouse? Something is said or done and emotions are exaggerated, harsh words spoken, feelings hurt. You walk into church and put on your happy face, but you are anything but happy. And the sad part is your children watch the entire episode and see the example you've set and you feel ashamed and defeated. This is right where the enemy of our souls wants us to stay not recognizing when the enemy is at work and allowing him to divide us. In 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8, Peter is admonishing believers to humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When I looked up in the Blue Letter Bible app that I have on my phone, the Greek root word for anxieties was eye-opening. Here's what it said. To be drawn in different directions, a distraction. 
woe. I had to ask myself, what distracts me from humbling myself and casting all my anxieties on him? For me, it's a fear of the unknown, which means I am not fully trusting God. I want to humble myself, but I'm drawn to controlling the situation. I want to focus on him, but I'm drawn to looking at the circumstances. I want to trust him in my situation, but I am drawn to fret about it instead. I want to sing praises in the middle of my circumstances, but I am drawn to listen to the narrative going round and round in my head. I want to declare his faithfulness to others, but I am drawn to silencing myself as I question his goodness. So no wonder Peter tells us to be alert and sober-minded. The enemy is always looking to distract us from our position of humility. Then as I looked up the word distract in dictionary.com, the first two definitions were really good. To draw away or divert as the mind or attention. To disturb or trouble greatly in the mind. But the third totally jumped off the screen at me. To separate or divide by dissension or strife. Boom! Does that not sound exactly like the tactic of cutting the pie? Uh, yeah. Wow. Some of the symptoms for the word distract are divert, mislead, sidetrack, lead astray. Boy, he's always looking to do that. Fluster, confuse. So the enemy wants to knock us off balance. So in looking up the Greek root word for being on the alert, we must watch or give strict attention to, be cautious, active, to take heed lest we fall into sin. Remember the devil is always looking for someone to devour. And Dictionary.com defines devour as to absorb or engross wholly, as in a mind devoured by fears. Wow, I think I need to say that again. To devour, which is what the enemy is roaming around wanting to do, is to absorb or engross wholly, as in a mind devoured by fears. The truth is the devil cannot keep us from heaven, but he can devour our minds if we allow him to, so that we are ineffective and incapable of being used by God to do his work in building the kingdom of God for his glory. I don't know about you, but I do not want to allow the enemy to devour my mind. So it's my job to resist him and yours as well. The Greek root of that word says it means to set oneself against, to withstand, resist, oppose. That is our call to action, to be in opposition to his lies and strategies and tactics. He wants us to be divided, to hate, to go to bed angry, to shoot each other. He wants to stay camouflaged. He wants us to not recognize him in the midst of the chaos and frustration. 
to think our battle is with people instead of remembering that this is not where our battle is. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The battle is real, my friends. But 2 Peter 1.3 says that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He has given us his word, his armor, his instructions on how to fight this battle. It's true, he has already won the battle, but while we are here on earth, we must contend with the enemy of our soul who tries to wear us down, ruin our testimony, and devour our minds with fear, temptations, and lies. We're gonna stay on this topic for a bit as there's much more to unpack and examine here so we can be equipped and begin to recognize how the enemy works in our lives. It's hard to do battle with something that you don't recognize. So my prayer is to pull back the curtain on these strategies and tactics so that as we recognize them, we learn how to resist so that God can use us for his glory. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I'd sure appreciate it if you would like, follow, share, and comment on this episode. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.